But really, I have a secret agenda of like 10 things I want to it's talk about. Yeah. And he's like, I thought we were just having a date night. And I'm like, oh no, this is actually me. Hi, and welcome to this week's podcast. There's a little soundbite for you of things to come. My friend Jahuzi always makes me laugh, and you'll hear more from her in a minute. We've had a great week. We've just celebrated my mum's 80th birthday. So I'm giving a shout out to her this week. She's an inspiration. She's kind and supportive. She's funny. She's creative. So many of my friends say that they're inspired by her. She's backed all of her five children and 16 grandchildren in all of our crazy ventures. She's even popped on the pod. If you go back to the 3rd of March, 2021, she reflects on life and mothering in a different season and shares her wisdom, well worth it. She's usually galloping across the Cotswolds on 10 mile walks just for fun, but has recently been apprehended with a bad hip and is due to get a new one. But in the meantime, not daunted by that, she thought nothing of camping, gallivanting down to the King's Coronation and popping a couple of weeks ago from Cheltenham to Plymouth, as you do for a day, for a grandchild's exhibition. She booked herself the train and rented a mobility scooter and off she went. I want to be like her when I grow up. This week we're going to hear from another mother and daughter. 17 years ago, we met a fabulous couple from Texas. They came here to live in Cheltenham and shortly after we got to know them, they moved just down the road from us and their eldest child, aged three at the time, became great mates with our fourth and a lifelong friendship was forged between us and also between the kids. We did the nursery run together, we laughed together, we cried together, we shared lives and then sadly, they moved back to the States but we have kept in touch. They've got four children now and Heath, the dad, has a job that puts him in quite a public setting where they live in Oklahoma. So just recently they came back and rented the house next door to us and enjoyed a much more private life for a few weeks and we had a dreamy three weeks of going back in time and sharing life together for a brief window We even have a little gate between our house and the house next door. So we really did have a complete gift of a time. If I had time, I'd tell you about our pizza oven evenings and our karaoke evenings, but I shall spare you. Back to the interview. So in the intervening years, their second child, a baby then, has become 18. But it hasn't all been a bed of roses. The teen years took their toll on their daughter, Bella, and dark challenges drove a wedge between Bella and her mum, Jill. So much of what we talk about on this podcast is how to connect, how to keep that bridge in place, how to prevent the rot and the rust and the decay taking hold. And here is a precious real life conversation with a mother and daughter whose bridge was truly blighted. But the mum chose to take intentional steps to reach the daughter and their relationship has been fully restored. And here they are to share that journey of the building of trust.
sweet and peaceful and very easy. She was just so obedient and she could slot in anywhere. And so she was just always been just what we would say, just, man, she's so easy. Yeah. She's just such to a good To me, feel kid. like you're a really great parent. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. And I needed that. I Nailed really needed it. that. <laughs> so, yeah. And she's your second. So yes. Harrison's your first. And so was she easier than Harrison? Yes. Yeah. I think Harrison being a boy, being really rough and tumble, and um, Bella came and she would just go to play dates and sit in the corner and read a book and play nicely with everyone and let's just say Harrison was not quite that way perfect child uh-huh. and then there came a point didn't there where you felt you kind of lost that closeness yes can absolutely. you remember what sort of age that was um what would you say like 15 15 14 16, 15 yeah. 16 could you see it coming or was it quite sudden it was very sudden because again she had always been easy and peaceful and never really said anything was wrong she's Enneagram 9 so she's a peacemaker and so no I did not see it coming and I think because I do have four kids and she's my second and my husband has a really high level stressful job it was so nice to know okay Bella's okay Mm -hmm. so even if everybody else wasn't or things were stressful like I knew she was okay and so then when she wasn't, it just shattered me. Mm. What did not okay look like? <clears throat> Very reclusive. So it kind of mm. all, it does tie into COVID. It does tie into lockdown. It, um, you know, social life kind of being over. Yeah. And I would say also, I'm, I'm not a super social butterfly, but I'm not a homebody by any stretch. Like I enjoy being at home sometimes but like I I try to get out of the house at least once a day just for my own sanity and so with lockdown I think that was kind of my first major like big problem and with like online school and stuff I'm not very good online learner and so it was kind of just a tumbler snowball event type of situation because I remember it. Um, everyone was saying, you know, COVID will never hit the U.S. That's not going to hit the U.S. We're fine. We're fine. And then we went out of school for two weeks. Um, like, we went to spring break, and then we never went back to class again for the rest of the school year. So I think it was just, like, the quick, like, takeaway. And so I didn't get to do any spring sports. I didn't get to finish out my school year with some of my dear friends. And so... It was, we had already kind of had some tensions, I think, with our relationship, um, just because I had a boyfriend who mom and dad were not as big a fan of, so we just had already some, I would say, disputes and some disagreements, and so I think COVID and like just being locked in a house together kind of amplified all of those issues. Mm. So there were some rumblings underneath. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your response to this? So you, so you suddenly got this reclusive child. Right. And was she moody? or Very. What, what, okay. Right. She kind of went, I mean, no offense, Bella, but she kind of <laughs> went from this sweet kid that had been so sweet for 14, 15 years to, I could just tell she hated me. Just oh. kind of my every fiber, just my presence just irritated her. And so it was almost <laughs> like the more I can tell, because I'm pretty perceptive, and I can tell when people cannot stand me. And so when it was my own child, 
And so, yeah, I think as she really pulled back, was very moody, didn't want to come out of her room, I saw kind of the signs and symptoms of depression and also just something spiritual. So I kind of overcompensated for her pulling back and not wanting to be with me by thinking I need to like really push in, Mm -hmm. open the door, go in a room, preach, share my wisdom. Leave leave (laughs) random devotionals on my bed. Just buy devotionals and leave them. Um, I have like a stack of devotionals. And and I'm like, are you going to read this? And she's like, nope. And I'm like, okay, well, what if we did it together and we could wake up and, you know, and again, it's COVID, it's lockdown. Like I'm seeing it as this amazing family time. Yeah. So I was so excited that everything was canceled and that we were just at home and just to see her be like, no, like I'm not going to do that devotional with you. Hmm. Um, it's just my failure. I think my personality and I really realized this through her is when she wasn't well or she wasn't loving life or doing great, it was an immediate reflection of my failure. Mm-hmm. And so I had a lot of just, okay, I'm messing up. I messed up somewhere. And so I'm going to just continue to just pour in. And the more I tell, maybe I just haven't parented enough or told her enough or taught her enough or said enough verses over her, which actually mm-hmm. all of that was just repulsing her even more. So if you were to look back now and do that little season again, how would you do it differently? Well, I think, and Bella, you can speak into this, but we kind of had a breakthrough as we, I kept pressing in and kept trying to dig deeper, where she just kind of called me out on, I'm not really listening. I'm not really hearing her out. I'm just over-parenting. Mm-hmm. And so I realized I actually didn't know her. I wasn't actually okay with her telling me, hey, I'm upset about this. Don't do this. When you do this, it makes me feel that all felt like such a personal attack. And so I had to just kind of set that aside and say, you know what? I just want to hear. Not to fix, not to preach, not to be the weird mom, but like, tell me how miserable you are. Tell me. And when you say you don't want to talk, I'm out. I'm going to give you space. And so I really had to come to that place of saying, I'm really not going to control her mm-hmm. by my actions. I have to let her be. And whoever, and that, that was kind of a big deal, I think. Whoever Bella ends up being, I love because she's mm-hmm. my daughter. So whether we end up on the same page, whether we, um, you know, are not lining up in our beliefs or, um, I'm going to have fun with her and I'm mm-hmm. going to love her. And that was like a really big turning point to convince you. Like, mm-hmm. I really want to hear no judgment. Um, I want to have a relationship with you. And she really didn't believe that because I wasn't treating it like a relationship. I, yeah. I mean, I think I felt very much like I was expected because I mean, like you've, like you said, I'd always been kind of an easier kid and I've always been, I would say, it's not necessarily a good trait, but I've always been a little bit bossier, a little bit like I want the higher um, responsibilities, the higher expectations. Like I've always been okay with that. I've a lot of times desired that type of expectation on me. I had had um, expectations of being an adult in certain situations or in certain scenarios or with certain things I was expected um, to be this adult and expected to be a leader and expected to handle things well, but then other decisions were not mine to make. And so I felt this kind of 
kind of hypocrisy and a bit of unfairness. And I think I, and I am very, I love, I want fairness. I want equality. I want things to be the same across the board. And it's not, it's not super realistic a lot of times, but I felt like I want it to be fair and equal. And I think I did, I did feel like I had lost trust with you, I would say. And, and dad, I think both of y'all, I had lost some trust because like you had said, it was kind of like we weren't, we didn't really have a relationship and some parts of our um, relationship, we were equals and some parts I was the child. And so I couldn't really see the balance in that. And I know it's, it's not an easy balance to try and figure out. And I think we did end up working it out. But at the time, I remember it being really hard for me because I wanted to be an adult and I wanted to be able to make my decisions and you to trust my decisions. Well, and I think what she's alluding to is when I saw her in a hard place, reclusive, you know, moody, and she wouldn't tell me what was going on, I just assumed the worst. Yeah. And that's just something I do with my kids. And so I really doubled down on social media. Mm-hmm. I'm going to dig through your phone. Very I'm gonna invasive. Limit trying to figure out, like, there has to be some really crazy underlying secret thing. This is textbook in a way, isn't mm-hmm. it? So you grew up quite responsible. You were given responsibilities. You were running your life quite well. Mm-hmm. Then you dip into this sort of place of depression and um, reclusiveness mm-hmm. and mum jumps in and decides that you've run your life quite well up to now but I'll, I'll take it from here because right, exactly. <laughs> you're not going well on top yeah. of which it sounds like instead of that expression we used the other day instead of loving the child you had exactly <laughs> you wanted to love the one that you wanted to have 100% <laughs> and fix her absolutely yeah. and so my you words just, said mm-hmm. I really want to hear and know you Yeah. but Bella just called me out on it that's not really what was in my heart mm-hmm. I really needed her to be okay let's do it quick here's a quick piece of wisdom mm-hmm. learn yeah. from you know Good now, now I want to see that result yeah. you know I was not in the process I was 100% mm-hmm. fixed on the result and it was really hard yeah, yeah. painful yeah and it was really, it was really, really cool to see kind of God just soften my heart to say, yeah, you're saying one thing, your actions say another thing. So you had that aha moment. Absolutely. Yeah. And I just apologized and just said, hey, I want a relationship. I want to hear how you're doing and like, it's okay, whatever it is, whatever's going on. The other thing we did too is we knew we were so missing each other is counseling Mm -hmm. and so we um just called a friend and she recommended someone who could just kind of be another source because I knew I'd kind of lost trust with her and I wasn't Mm going to maybe be the best person to hear the depths of her soul at that point so was that counseling on your own or counseling together on her own on by herself it was really just your counseling yeah yeah Yeah. and I think honestly I mean in counseling it wasn't even as much me saying like this is what I'm dealing with. I think since me and mom had been close for so much of our life, um, and then it just ended so quickly and we just kind of fell off. Um, a lot of my counseling was like, I just felt so unhappy, like even in my home, like I just felt, which is, I know hard to hear, but it was really, um, like I just felt so not like home was home. Yeah. I felt, I felt more stressed at our house, I would say, like, 
even just with the phone because again with the phone like you don't know what people are going to say people are going to text you and say crazy things people are going to send you crazy things and so I even felt stressed like I need to keep my phone on do not disturb I need to not like talk to people who could be saying possibly inappropriate things so I felt I think more stress of like when is mom gonna take my phone and then find something even if I don't even know it's there because when I went to go find things I was gonna find something yeah to pop up and say firstly I hope you enjoy all the background noises of our neighbour cutting the hedge and the RAF from the local airfield doing their practices above our heads what a performance I'm popping up to say thank you so much for being a loyal listener I'd love you to put something positive in the comments below give us a few stars five's always nice and pass it to a friend I'm sure that there must be someone out there who could just so do with the encouragement of knowing that even when you're in the depths of worrying about your connection with a child, that there are ways to bring it back, that are redemption stories. So please pass it on. It helps us to be found and it supports other parents. Now back to Bella and Jilsey. I want to get to the part where it got good again mm-hmm. and just stop in a moment on that place where it was hard and you lost each other. Bella, you're in counselling and Jilsey, you've realised that whatever you're doing isn't working <laughs> and you've got this sense that I need to soften up, stop bossing her around, start to really get to know her. Mm-hmm. But before you got to the, the fork in the road and, and the changes, what did that feel like, Bella, to not be close to your mum for the first time? I just was sad. And I think the other thing is, like, a lot of people have quote-unquote cool moms who don't, you know, they want to go and party with their kids and go do, you know, whatever, and they don't care what their kids do. They can stay out until, you know, 4 a.m., whatever. And, and then people would still have, like, a great relationship with their mom on the surface. You know, I obviously don't know what's really going on, but... Um, I think it was just hard for me to see when I felt like my home and like the place I was supposed to feel comfortable and the place I was supposed to feel kind of safe and just be able to relax it when it felt more high stress and more like I was like watching out for what what um, she was going to say next or she's going to do next like I was I was just I think I was judged yeah you felt like it was going to come at you any second whether it was over the phone or your behavior and she wasn't going to go out Mm. dancing with you yeah well I feel like it was more I was just nervous because I just felt I just felt inherently guilty of something and she was going to find out whatever it was um shame yeah sounds like shame Shame, loneliness isolation yeah Mm -hmm. and how are you feeling at this point I felt like such a failure. I was shaming myself all the time. That was just a constant, you know, running through my head of all the things I should have done different and done wrong. And, and so, no, I think it was, it was brutal. And then you got to this place where your heart softened and you realised that you needed to really listen. Mm-hmm. What, what kind of um, new habits? did you have to get into I mean it must be so hard when you're used to correcting mm-hmm. and kind of hovering to move across to actually I'm not going to preach I'm not going to mm-hmm. instruct mm-hmm. how did you manage yourself 
Well, again, I think for me, I just had that aha moment that I'm so loving and gracious and see the best in other people. And then in my own kids, I saw it as such a reflection of me that I just saw all the things I needed to quickly fix. And um, there wasn't a whole lot of grace. And so I think for me, it became almost just the stopping of me saying that next sentence. So what I would say, almost looking at my kids and saying what I would do if I was having a coffee with you or one of your kids. Like I could feel myself welling up with how I wanted to parent and just having that prompt of like, nope, just listen and love her. Well done. It's so hard to hardwire, isn't it? When you've got these habits, yeah. And I feel like with Harrison and Bella, with my kids moving into 20 and 18, I find myself, you know, keeping quiet a lot more than I'm Mm. actually supposed to talk. Mm. And that just, that felt really hard for me, but it got kind of step by step as I listened and let her continue to talk, even if I completely disagreed with what she was saying. Mm. Just almost, you know, listening and saying, don't say anything, don't say, you know, <laughs> that internal voice going, just let, you know, don't, don't give your opinion, don't, because she's expecting that. Yeah. And she already knows where I stand. Yes. And so just listen. And so I think that was huge. And then also, and this is something I think you do so well, Mads, is your family's so fun. And I think because my husband's job was very intense, COVID was very intense where we were because he was making a bunch of decisions about work and job and all that. Um, there was an intensity, and I think I lost just enjoying my children. Mm. It became so intense. I was so honed in on all the ways that they, mm. you know, again. Project mom. Yeah. And so I was just like, oh, my gosh, I'm a fun person. Where have I gone? normal life. <laughs> I'm Where so unfun at my house. You've gone to that place where you're just listening, you're aware you've lost your sense of fun, but you're really focusing on hearing what Bella's saying. Bella, did you notice the difference? I definitely noticed a difference. I think I was still pretty cautious just around and like sharing different things just because I, I, I think the first time when I did share my struggles and it went south so quickly, I think I... Um, felt very nervous opening up and it took me a long time to feel comfortable um, sharing completely but I think I definitely noticed a difference give us an idea of what a long time felt like to you a year a year Mm. year and a half so a year of your mum really listening and not judging Mm -hmm. before you got to a place where you felt you could trust that as a new way forward I think it was a gradual I would share little bits at a time and see how she would react and so were you conscious that you were doing that yes so you were sort of giving her a chance mm-hmm. seeing what she did with mm-hmm. it yeah I would say it was how pretty... did she do <laughs> <laughs> she did well she did well yeah personally I would say I'm like more inclined to not trust people and so I'm also just kind of like yeah mom was thinking the worst like I was doing the worst things I'm also I was doing the same thing I was assuming she was thinking the worst of me I was assuming Mm. um she was gonna do the worst yeah yeah so I think it took a while of me um sharing little things or us doing little things together and um both consciously trying not to fight and not to argue and 
Um, well, and I think the other thing we did when you said little fun things, like I started saying, let's go get our nails done. Or, hey, mm-hmm. do you want to go get a coffee? Without me having an agenda. And normally if I did that, it was mm-hmm. an agenda filled, I need to see how she's doing. I need to make sure, you know, it was almost like, Checking again, a checklist. Mm-hmm. It was not how I treat other people. But for some reason, I'd gotten in that mindset with my kids because I'm the mom. This is all about a reflection of me. Mm-hmm. So then we just started having fun. And I wasn't saying anything but let's have fun and I think mm-hmm. that built a lot of trust yeah because then she's like oh she just asked me to coffee and we just had a coffee there wasn't yeah. a deeper whole lesson she had planned for me mm-hmm. and just getting our nails done or you know hey let's go and so I, I did that when they were little I did more one-on-ones but as funny as they got bigger it was harder to do and so I became more intentional with time with her mm-hmm. without expectations and that was what's hard for me because I do that even in my marriage like go out with Heath and Hey, let's have a coffee. But really, I have a secret agenda of like 10 things I want to it's talk about. Yeah. And he's like, I thought we were just having a date night. And I'm like, oh, no, this is actually a meeting. <laughs> and so I think I've realized like, wow, how do I just enjoy and not come at things with a, mm-hmm. you know, a checklist of things to get accomplished and to feel, you know, like, okay, good. They're good. We're good. You know. And could you see her warming? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. was, it was so cool. Because I'm like, she, she doesn't hate me now. I can tell. Because <laughs> you enjoyed it. And could you enjoy those moments with her as much as the moments when you got to correct her? <laughs> oh, my gosh, yes. It was so freeing. Yeah. It was so freeing to just go, you know what? I can just have fun with my kids. Yeah. And, again, I think I did that more when they were little. And as they became adults and had different views or made choices that I didn't agree with, it was just the fun just got sucked out of our home. Mm. And so Heath and I have both been very intentional to bring that back. Even still, we're working on it. And you're such an inspiration, Mads. I mean, we come in your home and it's just joyful and it's fun and it's just so refreshing. And I think, you know, Heath and I's personalities, we could be that, we can be that a lot out again outside of our home see yeah, that's how I think of you because we had so many silly times together yeah. I remember what was yeah. that Russian dance that <laughs> you just do the daftest things the whole time yeah but yeah. again it, it kind of left for that's a season serious doesn't mm-hmm. it it, yeah. got, it left for a season because again Heath's job me feeling all this responsibility us feeling like you know again eyes are on us you know and yeah. I think when you feel like people are looking at you to see how your kids behave you start parenting out of that mm. and so I've just had to say you know what pride in there isn't I, yes and you know what I don't care what anyone thinks of my kids mm. I am gonna parent and then we are gonna have fun mm. we're gonna have a relationship no matter what I mean we are going yeah. to be <laughs> in those times when you were drawing back together and you were starting to share a little bit more and you were having more fun together did you try her on some deep stuff did you share from the heart I think so. Yeah, it took a while to get there, but I definitely uh, think I started sharing. And that's kind of the me calling her out on stuff, as I would just say, you know, I really, really was in a dark place at this time. And like, I'd never been able to vocalize that before and say, you know, I was really not okay. Didn't, and I felt um, like invalidated. And even me saying that, that was not something I wanted to share. And it's not something I, because I, I know being a mom is stressful and having a bunch of kids is stressful and 
the whole situation was hard on everyone. You know, COVID was hard on everyone. So I think I didn't want to be another responsibility and I didn't want to be another burden. And I think that's what I kind of saw myself as. And so it was really hard for me to vocalize that. And so I think that was one of the really deep things is I was like, I was just not okay. And I didn't feel okay. And like it, I just was not um, even able to enjoy anything at that point. And it wasn't you, it wasn't our relationship even necessarily. Um, But it was just life in general. I just wasn't enjoying it. And so I think being able to share that was a huge deal. Yeah. And, and, were you able to articulate what it was that was making you low? Have you got to the bottom of it? I think it was a combination of a lot of things. I think my relationship with God has, is a, well, it's a huge part of my life now, and I didn't really have that before. So that has been a big freeing thing for me. And I think, um, again, COVID, like I just did not like being in my house. I, I felt very trapped just because I couldn't go see my friends. It's just so intense, go. Yeah, it? it was yeah. a really, it was a really um, intense time. And so, and I think with online school, I felt like I was failing because I'm a big procrastinator. And so I would procrastinate my work until late at night and then I would be the last one to do it and I'd be stressed. And so it was so much high intensity there. And then like once COVID was over and we went back to school, it was masks the whole time at school. And so I got quarantined. Mm like eight or nine times um, with sports throughout the year. So basically I missed like Mm -hmm. 16 weeks of school Mm -hmm. because they make you stay home. Oh, wow, that's a lot. Yeah, so it was a lot of time where I was still, it felt like that still second year of high school, Mm -hmm. I was still at home, you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of of the time. Mm -hmm. And I had a big acne. Yeah, I was going to bring up the acne. (laughs) Well done. Yeah. Yeah, because literally she acted like it was no big deal. Huh? Yeah, so but it, she it didn't. Deeply, it she didn't really, tell me how yeah. much it affected her oh, confidence. So you didn't know that. Mm-mm. So I was like, I didn't want to bring it up because again, it's acne. I don't want to talk about it. If she, you know, has to go, oh, you good? Are you how are you feeling? Do you need me to? So this is the new you, not mm-hmm. raising it, <laughs> right? Like not fixing it. If you're not, I mean, if it doesn't bother you, I don't want it to act like I'm worrying about her appearance. Yeah. And so she's like, no, I'm fine. Like, you know, stop yeah. talking about it. And so it wasn't until after. Well, somewhere in there, you kind of told me how hard it was. And I'm like, I got a different dermatologist. We got some different medication. I'm like, mm-hmm. we will fix this. Yeah. This I can do. Mm. And so, I mean, I was like trying to fix it. And, and we had to go on some pretty heavy medication mm-hmm. to clear it up. And afterwards, it was like, oh, mom, I didn't realize like that really affected yeah. my confidence, mm-hmm. my self-worth mm-hmm. she was you know again not in a great place um yeah as far I was as... kind of already in just uh I was already kind of struggling with my appearance and with confidence and mm-hmm. all of the things and so you almost mm-hmm. kind of wanted to just fade away with that yeah like I think I just oh, she, I didn't want she... I didn't take pictures I didn't want to be in pictures I didn't mm-hmm. want to go hang out with people but I she just... wasn't telling me any of that yeah of course she's but did, it, it. did you start to open up when you got to this place where you yeah. were better, was that where that came? It was more like after after the acne had gone away, I was able to say, you know, this really... I think my issue is, is a lot of times I let myself get in a really, really bad space and then I hit a breaking point, things get better, and then I'm able to say, wow, I'm I, that was a really horrible, horrible time in my mm. life. And instead of just fixing it before it gets to the breaking point, I just don't... I don't I have this like mentality of 
I don't want to be a burden. I don't want to, you know, cause. And you're talking extra about that issues. in the present tense. So do you still do that, or are you better now at saying, okay, this stinks. I need to talk. I think, I think now I feel like I have more resources, and so I'm able to say, you know, I'm in a slump right now. But mm. I think again, this is where my faith comes in, where I'm able to pray about it and kind of just feel like my peace and me being able to feel okay and the other thing is I was a aha moment yeah I did I did for sure and I did with even like one of my cousins is one of my very very best friends who I just share I normally would share everything with but some of my even like deepest darkest part darkest parts of me that I normally would have shared with her I wasn't sharing with her and so and she is um she's a good influence and a good good heart friend for me and so um I hadn't been able to share to her and then she kind of sensed something was off and so we ended up hanging out she randomly came over for a surprise visit um mom actually helped plan it but I mean I remember like we just cried and had a deep heart-to-heart talk and I was able to share things that I had been struggling with and just deep the deepest darkest parts of me that I just hadn't shared before and so even to have a peer to talk to and like I've been more open now because I was nervous about how she was gonna perceive me and if she was gonna receive things with me uh things I had to say but we actually ended up our it made our relationship stronger it made our friendship stronger Mm. and so I think I found a good peer to talk to and Mm. so now I go to her with even minor things and I'm like this is really not a big deal but if I go ahead and say it, and one thing she shared with me is if you can speak it, it holds no power over you. Mm. And so um, yeah, we that were, was... Yeah, we hide in the shadows a bit, yeah. 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 And so that was a major thing of like, I'll even just text her and say, hey, like this happened to yeah. me or this is, um, you know, this is something I'm dealing with. And I think the other thing is I've really started focusing on positives and not being such a pessimist. And I try and enjoy the moments more and, as opposed to... Um, like dwelling on the negativity because I think I could be in the same place I was two years ago if I like if I wanted to if I put myself back in that headspace but I think being in a different headspace and talking to people um talking to my mom talking to my friends um branching out with friends is another thing I did that was really um I'd say helpful mm-hmm. so you have a solid peer mm-hmm. you have an openness with your mom mm-hmm. And you check yourself on your kind of positive attitude. Mm-hmm. And you know that there's a place you don't want to go back to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And would you say you've got your closeness back? Oh, yeah. I feel mm-hmm. like, again, better than ever. But yeah. you, you tell me. Yeah, no, I, mean, I, would, <laughs> I would definitely say so. I think we've just been able to come to a place of we're two adults. We have very different life experiences. And I think mom was able to realize like her high school experience is completely different than my high school experience yet I can still receive some of her wisdom and she can still receive some like she can receive my experiences and different wisdom I have in different circumstances and so I think it's so good yeah you you walk through a different age at a different stage yeah where was dad in all of this I mean he was uh he was a part he was just kind of loving he didn't he, he, he's just a precious guy. I mean, he's never, he's, he's, he's a man of few words. Yeah. 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 He's not an over So he wasn't a problem. <laughs> well, oh no. Yeah, in fact, I she mean, was like, dad's the only saving grace in this whole thing. Yeah. She's very think, close to Heath, but I think again, he's also not pressing you on a bunch of stuff. And 
I think he's also, very yeah, accepting and, of all the kids, just kind of where they're at. And I think me and dad are very similar in our personality types. Mm-hmm. So we're very like, you know, we speak three sentences, but we are on the exact same page. Mm-hmm. Um, How lovely. It is. It's it's funny. Um, and I want like 50 sentences and yeah. every possible deeper yeah. issue springing <laughs> off of that sentence. Right. Which is nice. <laughs> it's a nice now because me and mom can talk and just have talk for hours. Whereas um, now me and dad are like, we're still the same. It's kind of like, accidentally you know, and yeah. say two sentences. Yeah. Or we have like a really deep two sentences and then they're followed by a joke or something and then it's over and we just sit and, you know, it's more of a goofier relationship. So tell me something. Relationally, what do you think you've learned? Um, I think I've definitely learned that if you fight for a relationship, if both ends are fighting for a relationship, it can come out of whatever place it is in. I've learned like if I, if I am struggling, if I do have concerns, if I don't like how things are, I need to say it before it gets so terrible and it gets mm-hmm. so hard. And mm-hmm. so I think... We've both learned how to um, communicate better and how to communicate with people from wherever they're coming from, whatever place they're at. I think it's my responsibility if I want to be, if I want to have a good relationship with anyone, I have to say how I'm feeling. I have to say if I'm not okay with things. I have to say if I love things. I can't just be this silent figure in in the back corner. Chelsea, what have you learned? Um, I think for me, again, that I need fun, that I need to, like me and you've talked already this week, um, really accept and love the kids I've been given. Not this picture in my head that somewhere, I don't know where I concocted it, but it was these kids and they were acting a certain way and we had this certain dynamic and I really can, you know, without even realizing have a very specific way a good family is and then our family And so I think, again, just releasing all my hopes and dreams and going, this is a life I've been given. I have to be in the present and enjoy this present moment, even when one of my, one of the four or our marriage, whatever, I mean, it's never going to be perfect. It's never going to be that everyone's in perfect harmony or in this great place. And so how can I still have fun, still be, have a great family if someone's not in a great place or if someone's struggling or if someone's... And so I think, again, it's a daily thing for me. It's a daily giving up of some dream I have in my head and this picture to what's my reality. And it's actually great. I do hope you've been heartened by that conversation. It goes to show, as Bella said, that if you both fight for your relationship, it can come back from whatever place it was in. So what I heard was those tools of listening, accepting, holding back judgment and being a safe place paid dividends. It's counterintuitive in the moment, I know that, it's difficult to do, but Jill was determined, wasn't she? And it's a testament to her. If you're feeling in a tricky place with your child, take heart, all is not lost. I hope that her choices will help to inspire you to keep going keep listening well and keep being that safe place and I've got a bit of extra interview here at the end that I've held back I've chosen to share it separately it's no secret that I have a faith and you can gather from Sophia and Jill that God is a central part of their story too but this podcast isn't marketed as a faith podcast so I've kept this next bit 
separate. And if you're not someone who wants to hear about faith, then now's your moment to cut out and I will wish you adieu and I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful week. If you would like to hear a little bit more from Jill about how her faith helps her in this situation, then enjoy this last few minutes. Yeah, so I think, again, when Bella was in such a, seemed to be in a depression, I was beating myself up and I could have done all these things different. I should have done all these things different. And, and then all of a sudden it's like God brought back to me no, you did it right. We, you prayed over with one of your very best friends every single week before you were born. Like this girl couldn't have been more prayed up. She was. This is not about an activity that I should have done. And because I didn't Mm. now look at what's happening to her. Mm. That's just not how God works. And so, you know, God really brought that to my mind of like, remember what you and Mads did. Remember? I mean, I know. And so then I'm like, this isn't about me. And so this isn't about my performance as a mom that she's in a hard place. I mean, so anyway, it was really comforting because I'm like, wait a minute. I did really commit her to prayer, which again, I didn't have, you know, someone praying every week with me for Harrison. It wasn't like my other kids, you know, I was as intentional. Um, And so it was really comforting because I thought, you know what? No, this, I can't beat myself up yeah for everything I should have done even in utero and after when she was a baby and everything you know it's really been very freeing for me but yeah that was brought up to me multiple times in my head of like you know what I did the very best I could and that helped me kind of release but she's in a dark place and so now what do I do great encouragement a heartening story of restoration and faith i hope you enjoyed it as much as i did have a lovely week and i'll see you next time